Who wants to match with me on Bumble? Ooh. Stand by. We'll find out if uh, if it's worth something or if I'm going to ignore them. <laughs> we should we should yeah, nah. put you on the next episode, next uh, Bachelor or whatever it is. <laughs> God, that'd be that'd be rough. It'd be good for eight bit. <laughs> oh yeah, very. Yeah, are you just walking in every day with a eight bit shirt on and yeah. hoop dreams and whatnot? <laughs> that would be good fun. I'd, yeah, my uh, my mum and sister I know are, are made me or didn't make me, but they like applied on my behalf without telling me. Remember that was it? Was it? Please marry my boy. Was that the, what the show oh, was called? No. Yeah, they they put me into that years ago. Luckily, I didn't get on. Because uh, that would have been fun with my mum and I. But yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah. love you, mum. <laughs> Excellent work. I mean, how silly is that? What are we talking about? Let's go do basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Hoop Dreams, the basketball podcast on 8-Bit powered by our pals at audio technica my name is matt tilby and i'm joined by the joe ingles and patty mills of 8-bit i'll let you decide who is who it's johnny peck and brendan white boys welcome on in how we doing pretty good pretty good doing good not sure who i want to be out of those two so i'll just i'll let jp i'll take uh, patty select you'll take take patty Patty. all right i'll take jingles that'll do excellent you can't lose like they're both legends in my eyes Mm. especially patty like I was at, I don't know if we covered this on Hoop Dreams, I was at the USA versus Australia exhibition game in Melbourne that uh, Paddy led us to victory in, and what a what an amazing sight that was to be Yeah, part. yeah, we, I believe you did uh, sort of a preamble on yeah. one of our early episodes, sort of documenting your experience, but uh, of course, I do use those names uh, because it is a little bit topical. Um, big shout out, of course, first to Mr. Slow Mo Joe Ingles uh, for becoming the Utah Jazz's uh, all-time three-point field goal mm. uh, record holder, breaking a record set by one John Stockton. I feel like if you're breaking a record set by John Stockton, yeah. you're doing something something pretty good. So he played for him for about twenty years as well. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> crazy. Obviously, different eras, less less three-point shooting and stuff back in yeah. there those days, but. It's still crazy that an Aussie has a record for one of like the the long term NBA teams in the Jazz. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Good on him. Stockton was, Stockton was a really mm. good three point shooter too for that time. Like he was one of the guys that you would want taking the last shot. But yeah, like the the attempts were just like nowhere. You're not sniffing anywhere near. Yeah, what we are now. Like Absolutely. Joe Ingles probably attempts more threes in a season than. Stockton did for like five seasons. Exactly. <laughs> and of course, uh, we must shout out as well, Mr. Paddy Mills, who became the, well, I guess the record setter for Australia's most capped NBA player of all time. And given the, I guess, history of players that have come through from Australia, that is a, a big record to break. But uh, on well, Sunday- most capped, sorry? Yeah, the most, well, most appearances in the NBA oh, right. by sure. an Australian player, his 784th game in uh, the Spurs win over Houston over the weekend. Mm. Um, he surpasses the one and only Andrew Bogut. So I don't know what your stance is on, on Mr. Bogut, but I mean- He was pretty special for a few years there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First overall pick for the Bucks way back when, but- uh, 
yeah, went out on a whimper. I think the injuries and whatever else just derailed him at the end. But uh, caught up it, to him. He was yeah. a he was a great great number five for a while there. Yeah, he was. Um, he had a great career overall. I think if you factor in like he was a borderline all star. Like if they kept having centers required for the all star game, I think he would have made one before mm. that injury in Milwaukee in the playoffs um, with Amari running over running under him, but. Yeah, he, he was starting to, to be a really effective player just before that first really bad injury. And, of course, he came back with a more refined role and won a championship. So you have to give him full respect. And it's, it's a great effort by Paddy. Like, I remember when Paddy was, you know, playing with the Trailblazers and, you know, he was known for his, uh, his bench, like, cheerleading, basically. He was, like the most enthusiastic bench player in the NBA and really carving out a niche in, in San Antonio as um, an effective scorer off the bench. Like I'll never forget his three pointers in the heat series that in the, in the deciding game when he hit those, um, those trays and kind of put the nails in the coffin for, mm. for the Spurs against Miami. Like he was a big part of those amazing Spurs teams. So I think just with that alone, he's, going to be remembered by a lot of uh, a lot of Spurs fans definitely but it's a lot of Australians too yeah definitely and it, it's it seems almost crazy almost surreal even to to think that at age 32 he's currently in career best form this season so uh, mm. and as well he uh, also started up uh, an indigenous uh, community basketball league back here in, in uh, Australia with the help of I believe the junior NBA was the foundation uh, was what I had heard, but yeah, making some really big strides to uh, improve the the quality of, of sport and uh, opportunities available to indigenous ballers across the country. So well in uh, Patty for that one, but uh, yeah, we've got uh, a lot to to cover as we jump back into the big takeaways from our uh, uh, the fortnight that was, um, and I wanted to say a big. WTF that uh, the Utah Jazz have just somehow flown under the radar. I mean, it's hard to sort of fly under the radar when you're top of the West with a 19 and five record at the time of recording. But yeah, they just popped up out of nowhere and have been on this fantastic run. They've been on a nine and one record in the last 10. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah. They're one of those teams that I look at at the start of the season as having like continuity from like the years prior with mm. especially with Conley it's his second season there he wasn't a great fit last year and took a while to find his place on that team but now that he's you know back in form you can see like this is the the Jazz team that I was expecting last year like I thought that they would be a top 4 side last year and they look like that now like they're just they're just firing on all cylinders and it, it is that kind of more rare thing for a team to have the stability of the same starting five or even the state this like a, a very similar like if you took took their top 10 or top eight or nine players there'd only be like one or two movements around there at the lower end for for the last couple of years so i think that that can make a, a big difference when you're a team that has a lot of talent like that yeah mm. i think uh I think if you were probably playing a little bit angry too after this first round of our All Star snubs, uh, Gobert and and Conley uh, probably a little bit bit upset, and and maybe maybe uh, Mr Mitchell is still carrying a bit of fire from 
from Shaq with his bizarre slander, reverse psychology, so idiocy. Weird. Like, <laughs> but it's it's good to see like best record in the league at the moment. We'll see how it goes once this season wraps. But they're they're looking like a very complete team on both ends. Mm, they've always been that sort of like fourth, fifth seed for the past sort of couple of seasons. Now it's where I always sort of expect them to to sort of finish up, and then invariably, much like the Rockets, they would always sort of get bounced out first or second round by usually a better team. But this, it's going to be interesting to see whether they can actually sort of take that next step. I think that's going to be um, the big test for them. But yeah, I mean, if once you've got you know a center with unlimited money in his pocket and a, a shooting guard with a, a you know a point to prove there's certainly some good signs but uh yeah i'm uh curious to see what uh, the jazz can can do as the season progresses mm. no, me too <clears throat> they're fun to watch at least mm, exactly Jono, you've got uh, some things to say about the new york knicks yeah the the knicks uh I was going to say my Knicks, but it's my Bulls. They're becoming my Bulls. <laughs> How, explain this. This is this is a little bit of a weird analogy. Yeah, I mean, when I, when I think of my Bulls, it's like the the 2011-12 era. Like Tom Thibodeau's the coach. Derek Rose has been traded there as of this morning. Um, you know, I think uh, I think Taj is Taj Gibson still out there. Like it, it's. Just I believe that, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, like. <laughs> If they bring Joakim Noah out of retirement, I was saying to, to Mario, not bros, like they're going to become my second team just because there's so many people there that I'm fond <laughs> of. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's just hilarious that every team Thibodeau's coached in the NBA, has he's brought like Derek Rose into the mix because mm. for whatever reason, it's just a guy he wants to have around. Yeah, it seems to work well for him. I mean, they're certainly still in the hunt somehow. Um, in the eight at, seed at, at the this moment, it's crazy. <clears throat> yeah, eight seed with an eleven and fourteen record. I mean, invariably the uh, the sort of seven eight seeds in the East normally do get in with a, a losing record. So we'll wait and see what happens with that. And there's obviously the Raptors somehow still hanging on for dear life, Mister Brendan White. Yeah, I, I I want them to to mail it in. I want them to tank. <laughs> that's that's my goal. Like. The, the way we're pl- like we're playing i guess to i guess the sum of our powers and what's expected at the moment like we've still had a few rough losses the last like in the last 10 games but yeah i feel we're probably going to end up at like the sixth seed or something when it's all said and done and that makes me sad because we're just tr- back on the old treadmill we were eternally for a while with lowry and derose and mm. we were good enough to make the finals but not good enough to really do anything and that's what it feels like we're going to be so i hope we we trade off Lowry. Um, you know, I've I've got some thoughts on that a bit later. But uh, yeah, let let Lowry go. Have another another shot at a chip somewhere else. And yeah, any anyone's up for sale at my raps at the moment. Like if I was uh, if I was Masai, I'd be I'd be answering all the calls and uh, seeing what offers are coming in. Yeah, the word is that uh, Masai may be uh, leaving at the end of his current contract. So maybe he's just going to uh, bring the house down with him. Just you know light the match and walk away and see what happens it's it's interesting like we're sort of Messiah's right hand man Bobby Webster's just uh, re- re-upped for I can't remember if it was three or five years so he signed on and they've always talked about like the succession plan that he would jump into his his shoes if Messiah did move on and focus on uh, you know the NBA Africa stuff he's trying to do and all the other endeavours and, and global basketball unification efforts he's got going on but 
I'd like to see Messiah stick around because obviously he's built this team and got us a champion or helped get us a championship and things like that. So it'd be a shame to see him go, but he's a man in demand. I know Washington and the Knicks and a few other teams over the last few years have offered absolutely ludicrous amounts of money to try and woo him over, but he sort of said no and stayed loyal. But we'll see what happens uh, at the end of this year. Like, cause yeah, he's, he's officially a free agent from us, uh, you know, at the commencement of the ending of this season. So yeah, we'll see. But I think he's earned the right to do what he wants. Like he's he built us up and made us something special and we had, you know, lightning in a bottle for that one season and we've got a championship, so I can't be too upset. Yeah, yeah exactly. If uh, all else fails, you can just go and support the Knicks then, I guess. Yeah, when, I, you, I, when you said Washington, I was like, does like Joe Biden's administration want Messiah? Like, <laughs> maybe would, it wouldn't even it would, surprise me. Like, no. I can, I, I would, wouldn't be shocked if they're like, oh, we've brought you in to be like the secretary of of sport or something. Like well, I mean, like education. other, I think former Olympians have gone on to to be in, in part of Donald Trump's sort of weird cabinet. I think um, mm. one well, of Cal the- Penn, who's you know known. For- as Harold and Kumar, like yeah, he, he yeah, was in Obama administration. So. I think one of the the gold medal winning volleyballers from the USA was part of like a sports cabinet in uh, mm. during Trump's administration. So who knows? Maybe Masai does go to <laughs> Mister Ujiri goes to Washington. We'll if see. What Peter happens. Garrett can can become a you know minister. In yeah, yeah. Well, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> you know, yeah. like the tr- Trump. You know, every yeah. all these yeah, people exactly. is like the sky's the limit. So. <laughs> Who knows where he's going to go, but I know where, like my my sort of focus point for the for the last fortnight, I know where the Pistons are going to go, and that is right to the bottom. They are strapped to all the Pistons from Motor City at the moment, and they are sinking, sinking, sinking. That team is a mess, and uh, obviously, yeah, they they just traded away uh, and picked up uh, Mister Mister Dennis Smith, the uh, former highly touted rookie that's never amounted to anything. Like I thought he could have been. Uh, Lillard light was like when he was coming in like that was sort of who he was comp to and he was like great instant offense from the point and he just hasn't been able to put it together so uh the Pistons need to work out what they're going to do like they've got a busted ass Blake Griffin out there doing not much uh Jeremy Grant's looking phenomenal I, I gotta say that's yeah, one of the the mm. signings of the of the offseason um but at the other end of the spectrum they signed all these second tier or third or fourth tier centers and let let Christian Wood go to the Rockets, who was also looking absolutely phenomenal up there, beasting average in like 23 and 11 at the moment. And this team's just a mess. Like they're in the hunt for that first overall pick at the moment because they can't beat anybody but themselves. Uh, they, they're getting slapped they around. They beat the Suns somehow. Right the <laughs> they somehow beat the Suns. So I wouldn't yeah, be saying and, that. <laughs> and the 76ers, they beat the 76ers a little while ago, but they're on, I think, a four-game losing streak at the moment. I think they've got mm. the fourth-worst record in the league, and I could see that becoming the third-worst or second-worst or worst in the imminent future. Uh, they've got a pretty tough run coming up with Nets, Pacers, Celtics. Pellies won't be a walk in the park. So the next uh, the next four games could see them yeah, drop further down in the standings and... Uh, yeah, that team's just a mess. Oh, Dwayne mm. Casey's got no answers. You know, he loves his pound the rock analogy, but, you know, that's only getting him so far. Blake Griffin's contract might become the worst in the league <clears throat> if he doesn't, like, become a different person. Yeah, he, like, how, like, he, he just fell off so quick. Like, yeah. 
I thought he might have had a little bit of a, a bounce-back year, but you look at him out on the court and he looks like the monsters have sucked the juice out of him and he's just like parading <laughs> around the court aimlessly. Like it is so sad because he was so explosive uh, mm. when he sort of came out of Oklahoma way back when. And uh, you look at him now and he's just a shell. It's funny because it, it seems like, like you always knew that the, the type of player he was, he would need to develop something more to his game because the explosiveness never lasts. But it looked like he was trying to extend yeah, his range. Yeah, he's got a like pretty he was, decent three-point shot yeah, now. And- yeah, and like he was starting... Like I remember when he was even in his prime, he started to take these mid-range jumpers on the, on the wing and it looked like he was going to be one of those kind of unicorns like Porzingis or, or Embiid or DeMarcus or AD that learnt to shoot from outside and he just doesn't have it. Like he just no. doesn't have it. And he's, he looks I, like he's zoned think, out really quickly. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think he'd struggle to jump into a key, let alone over one at the moment. <laughs> like he is so broken and it's, it's, it's such a shame because he was he's one of the brightest stars in the NBA uh, only a few years ago and mm. now look at him. Like poof. yeah, every now and then, like one of the accounts I follow will just like throw out like a you know on this day Blake Griffin posterized Kendrick Perkins or something, and you're like far out. Like I I remember what it was like when that was happening, and every day, every game there was a insane highlight where he yeah. would just like sm- like smash over Gasol, smash over poor old Moskov in at the Knicks. Oh yeah, and, the Moskov one. Like and it, that was it was so, the thing with the that Lob City Clippers team was just like you always had something to to yeah. really think about, but it's like they never had that opportunity to I guess progress from that. It's like, yeah, you're you're really fun to watch, but it's like mm. if you're not winning games when it counts, like you get to the second, you know, first or second round against the Spurs who are you know, getting old at that point, but are still a very, very talented team and you can't get past them. Like, you really need to be asking yourself some questions. But yeah, like, he's clearly, I'd, I'd say he's, he's, I know he's been trying to get onto that comedy career a bit, but I think like even this is no joke. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, not well, bad in front of a camera though, too. Like, he's got decent acting chops for he's a got professional good athlete. Yeah. So, He's gonna he's gonna have a career outside a ball, but at the moment it just looks so sad. He's, he looks like this old, you know, horse that you need to put down. Like the poor thing's busted its leg and it is just sort of limping around the track. It's like get the twenty two out. Put he it needs out to go to, he needs to go to Germany and get that surgery that Kobe had that they like inject whatever illegal substance into his knee yeah. to, to bring him over. Yeah, uh, I, I, I dread to think right what's, what's in that. Uh, that injection. I was going to say two things, Brendan. Uh, firstly, um, Dennis Smith Jr. not account, not uh, amounting to much. Of course, we we do know him for his wonderful tweets. Thank you very much. Um, yep. Slang and, and wood. Slang and wood. Never forget. Slang and uh, wood. And I did like on our Hoop Dreams doc that you called them the Motor City Machine Guns, which is a very excellent wrestling reference. Mm-hmm. So I TNA. Multi-tag team champions, I believe. Yes, very good. Yeah. And I believe they're going to be uh, possibly moving to AEW. So that oh, would be nice. fun to watch. But uh, yeah, is that it for everyone? Yeah. Excellent. Let's move into this. Basketball bits. Yes, Basketball Bits is back for another fortnight. And Jono's just dumped this one <laughs> on my lap. I've. It's, it's the new thing, isn't it? Boxing between... Former NBA stars, celebrities. Uh, in this case, it's 
former child star singer Aaron Carter. Mm-hmm. He's now TMZ is now reporting that uh, Aaron Carter is now going to be boxing uh, former Los Angeles Laker legend um, Lamar Odom. I don't know what to expect with this. <laughs> this is terrifying. Like I don't know if you've followed either of their most recent sort of life stories too closely but their both their worlds are an absolute mess like i know mm. lamar was on some heavy drugs and alcohol problems and yeah. mental health issues did these guys meet at like celebrity rehab or something maybe like aaron carter's <laughs> got like all these yeah, crazy janky face tats and yeah. like i think he, he was filming some porn there for a hot minute and whatever else like yeah power to you got to get your get your bickies however you can but like it is, it is going to be a very dysfunctional mess of a fight mm. and I cannot wait to watch it and just see how bad it is. <laughs> I best think part is my goodness. The best part is that Lamar's six foot ten and Carter's six foot one. Like, oh, that's, that's probably the best part. Yeah. Yeah, it it's, didn't really help Nate Robinson out, so I, I'm, I'm worried for uh, Mr. Carter. I think the, the most concerning thing was just seeing after however many years out of... Uh, the public limelight that what Carter looks like with that's what I mean. Like he looks like a junkie meth head. Yeah, like he's definitely going down the uh, the Jake Paul route. But uh, oh, he's no, he's what Jake Paul aspires to be. Like Carter's <laughs> transcended past that level, and he's like he. I, I was reading and watching video of like a few months or a year or so back, and he was like threatening to kill himself and his girlfriend and run around with guns uh, and all this kind of crazy stuff. Like he is. He's a, he's in a messy state, and I hope that mm. both of these people get themselves sorted. And yeah, like no doubt, this is a blatant cash grab because they're probably a little bit light on on the coin purse after living these crazy lives the last few years. But like, hopefully, they're doing it for the right reasons. And as you said, JP, that they may have found themselves in rehab and got talking about this because that might be <laughs> the only positive to come out of this story. <laughs> Yeah, mm, there's a quote a in the in the TMZ article where Carter says he grew up street fighting. That's what. <laughs> yeah, like, this, is, this is this is the Backstreet Boys brother who like grew up like rich as anything, and we're supposed to believe pretty that he white was... boy, clean image. Yeah, I don't <laughs> yeah. don't see it. <laughs> All the girls loved him. Like remember at high school yeah. when Aaron Carter was a thing. All the girls were crushing on little Aaron Carter. Well, I mean, he beat Shaq. Maybe he can beat Odom. Yeah, who knows. <laughs> Yeah, casual reference. No one will get. <laughs> I didn't get that. What, what's that about? He had a he had a song called "How I Beat Shaq," and it's oh. a it's a, a song about how he beat Shaquille O'Neal in a pickup game of basketball. Okay, how did he beat him? Tell me what's the lyrics. I, I didn't listen to it. Why would I listen to it? I just drove it from exists. deep. Let's assume that you were into it too. You're a bit younger than us. No, well, it's it became like public knowledge when okay. that sort of thing came out. Like. <laughs> You would have been the one to pick up on it. I was like three years old when it came out, probably. Like, geez. Yeah. Anyway. I just remember him covering I Want Candy. Oh, and I, yeah. And I Got a Crush on You. That was his big like song as like a that nine-year-old. That was the song. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Not not great, but uh, yeah. I remember actually seeing... It was one of those MTV reality shows and... He, even as like a teenager, he was real feisty. Like maybe he did street fight because it was him like slapping around like his older brother, the Backstreet Boy, Nick. Nick Carter. Or Nick was like slapping him across the face because he was being such a little punk kid. So yeah, maybe that family does things a bit differently. Yeah, maybe Lamar will smack some sense into him. (laughs) We shall wait and see. But uh, quickly moving on so that we don't talk about anything a little bit more 
I guess, risque. But yeah. uh, <laughs> of course, we we were discussing uh, some pretty pricey cards and and uh, tops cards and things that had come through um, over the last couple of months. And this one has perhaps even topped the lot that we've discussed earlier. Uh, you've sent this one to us, Jono. It's uh, yeah. a pretty limited edition Michael Jordan card rare. It's been signed and it sells for 1.4 million US dollars. And it has smashed the previous record by over half a million. Yeah, the record for a, for a Jordan card specifically. But it makes mm. me wonder, like, what's the record overall? Because whose card's going to be worth more? Than MJ, I guess it's there's, probably there's someone. There's been a few. Mike Trout went for four million, I think, and there was another ba- baseball player. That uh, went I'm ta- for yeah, a bit. I'm talking about NBA, but yeah, uh, sure. I'd say a Kobe, like a Kobe I, rookie. I, I guess it comes down to like how rare the card is, probably more than like who the well, player is. It's it says here that there's only 23 uh, of these cards produced. Makes sense, the number mm. obviously. Um, is this one of the? It looks like from the image that's provided here. Is this one of the the ones where they've taken a chunk of the jersey onto the actual card, or like it? It looks like it's a perforated jersey sort of style. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it, there's it, there's a piece of fabric there. Yeah, yeah. it's from the All Star game in '92, '93, I think. Yeah. Which yeah. It says here's the the one that M, uh, Magic Johnson came out of retirement for. So, pretty memorable event. Yeah, and I mean, given given the last dance happened last year, I would have not been surprised that these sorts of uh, auctions have, have sort of risen in value. But mm. yeah, I mean, you you'd got to have some real you know love affair with MJ to to shell out one point four million dollars for a very very old and small card. But or or be an investor with a bit of money to yeah. throw around because oh, like, that's. Uh, that's kind of leading into the next thing that I wrote down here about the Top Shot cards. Are you across this, Tilby? Are you following this Top Shot phenomenon? No, like, I've I've not really heard too much about it. Can you explain it? Yeah, so my friend Jesse uh, was telling me that one of his friends has made like a couple grand out of this thing. So essentially, they're like digital cards. So in the same way that um, you, you buy like your My Team packs in NBA 2K, you can buy these packs of digital cards on the internet and it's like it become like a crypto currency you're buying like a highlight play right okay yeah, there's like 23 like 25 or 500 if it's common and you have like this collection of these moments and it might be like a steph curry game winner or a fred van fleet layup and you know you pay you like 15 bucks and you open three cards and you can see what it's worth. So I was just watching No Dunks do this on one of their streams, and uh, the the Fred Van Vliet like three pointer was worth three dollars. That's what it's selling for. But then, if you know Fred Van Vliet wins like Most Improved Player this year, the value of that sure. card will probably go up. Yeah, and um, it it also depends on like the rarity of it, and you can like basically some of these cards are already selling for like tens and tens of thousands of dollars or like a hundred thousand dollars because they're rare enough and it's it's a weird thing because it's a digital collectible <clears throat> that exists i guess on your computer or on your phone but people are buying and trading it like it's a, a crypto it's this, yeah. this is bad for me because uh <laughs> i love gambling and i love trying to make money and if there's one like if i can buy this digitally and have access anytime instead of trying to hunt down packs and mm. you know boxes of cards i am 
I'd say by the time I'm on the next hoop creams, I'll have probably bought some of this <laughs> and uh, my little, my little, uh, yeah, top empire will hopefully be uh, getting its first foundational bricks put in. So uh, we'll see. Either that or you will be living out of home. So we'll see what happens. Either but, way, um, it'll be a hell of a story. Yeah. I am looking at it at the moment. Like I've, I've just gone into the Phoenix Suns sort of mm. directory for it. And like there's the lowest that I'm seeing at the moment is for $3 for an assist from Chris Paul from two days ago. Mm-hmm. And then you go as high as 275 US for a layup from Leandro Barbosa from seven years ago. Right. So... Yeah, that's a rarer one. That yeah, be, like yeah. it's it's called a run it back pack or whatever it is. So it's obviously like retro moments or whatever. But yeah, it's it's a weird sort of it's an interesting mix. I can understand mm. it, but it's like now that you've got this, which I'm assuming is like a video file, but I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, it, it is weird. It it really reminds me of like the two K my team packs that you know you don't really know what you're gonna get. I don't really know why people invest so much into those things, but it's obviously got a huge appeal because you're always seeing, you know, two K accounts tweet about it, and you're always seeing them do giveaways and like discounts on things, and yeah, it's obviously generating a lot of money for them. But this is something different, where you know it doesn't have that practical thing where it's getting you like something inside the video game. It's just literally to have it and to have something that's rare and be able to sell it. Well, yeah, you can't like you can't hang this up in your room to, to no. show everyone. Like I'm looking now, there's a there's a thirty five thousand US dollar uh, Devin Booker block from two years ago. Like, I mean, yeah, he doesn't block a lot of shots, but like, <laughs> it's like, probably like a, it's probably a one of ten or something, like a really rare. It's it's one video. of six. Yeah. So, but whoever licensed this, like, if it's the NBA themselves, I guess they probably have some skin in the game because it's official like it's a it's their yeah, footage that's what i think yeah but like it's it's kind of genius that they've created a demand for something out of nothing like really <laughs> they've just it, it made this huge market f- from nowhere and it's it's insane yeah yeah exactly well, let us while know you guys have been <laughs> lollygagging i've made an account and i've tried to buy a pack but they're sold out of everything so i can't even get into the game right now I just wait. stare through the window. You can like, probably on the you, can, outside. You, can, you probably can't buy a pack, but you can buy cards. Yeah, so I'm looking. Could... I'm looking to see if there's any good solo cards. I got to get in on something. He's yeah. he's gonna be he's gonna be like uh, to use a very topical meme at the moment. He's gonna be like the weekend running through <laughs> the the walls at the moment, looking for all these these cards and packs. So yeah, uh, type in Jonas Valanciunas and see what comes up. Brendan you can get a three dollar <laughs> Pascal Siakam layup. <laughs> It's oh, a cool, I've always wanted it. It's, it's a cool thing though, because you can like maybe you, you think, oh, Tyler Hero, like that's the kind of guy I believe in. I think he's going to be like an all star. So you can buy one of his cards, and maybe you pay twenty five bucks for it, and then you can like cheer for him and want him like want Holy him to mom. do really well, and then follow his career, and and maybe the value of that card doubles over a couple of years. It's, I just uh, just I'm like, let's see if any any of my boy from from Jar is at a decent price, and. There's some uh, rare and legendary ones that are starting at 8,000 US and there's one here for 50,000 US, which is a legendary one of 49 cosmic dunk thing. Like it looks cool, but holy guacamole. 
Sell all your uh, crypto in your various crypto accounts, Brendan. Buy and that buy one and, digital card, and we'll see how much you really believe in in jar. Yeah, can't wait! Can't wait for you to go to the the pub and say, "Yeah, I sold all my all my Doge to uh, to pick up a dunk from Jar Morant." I can drinks, buy a drinks common, on me, boy. Oh, there's a common for seventeen dollars, but it doesn't look very good. Mm. Do you at, at least, least get to see the, the play game. before you buy it? I'm yeah. looking now. Yeah, you, you do. I think. Yeah, he does a dunk. And they're not oh, all of us a dunk. <laughs> the, the plays aren't necessarily that special. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure like the game winners and, and whatnot are going to be like the real expensive ones. But oh uh, yeah, they'll they'll eventually release like classic moments throughout history that will be worth the mint. I think like there's there's no like Jordan cards and there's no like I was going to say Kobe the, cards. Or the Jordan ones are going to be yeah. the ones that fetch some real money. But uh, yeah, that's really interesting. I'll have to uh, keep an eye on that one for mm. sure. Holy moly, you can even pay with crypto. I'm at the checkout and it's like oh, pay no. with crypto. It's it's next level. Yeah, it's crypto friendly. Oh, we have to move on before <laughs> Brendan gets too attached, uh, I feel. Uh, we do move on to- Let's do it. All-Star Weekend, it is on the horizon, obviously, with the delayed season. It's being moved to March. Mm-hmm. Um, there is even some debate as to whether it even goes on at all. I know that uh, NBPA chairman Chris Paul, um, and I'm not I'm not saying this purely as a Suns fan, he's saying it purely as a uh, the president of the association basically said that it's uh, it might not be particularly wise i know that lebron and giannis have both come out and said that they're not particularly keen with it um but uh, assuming that it does go ahead it's obviously been moved from indianapolis to atlanta one of the few uh stadiums in the country that's actually allowing fans which i guess is one of the reasons why they moved it um if it does go ahead and they do make some proceeds that they either donate some or all of it to covid research or to disadvantaged youths or sort of um institutions in the area which i think is a a pretty solid idea anyway but in the assumption that it currently goes ahead we do have uh the first i guess ballot results for all-star weekend and Mm -hmm. they're not as unexpected as as they normally would be i know last year i got pretty let's say heated uh that mr alex caruso was even daring to show his face anywhere near all-star weekend but uh, yeah, so the the first ballot is out, and we have uh, I guess picked our, f- our starting fives that we 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 think is going to happen. Is this a thing? What we think is going to happen, uh, or what no, we want to happen? I think this is what we think the players are most deserving. Uh, yeah. that's how I that's how I took it anyway. That's how you know, I interpreted it too. But it's yeah. also probably I think it could happen as well at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be pretty close. I think like we've we've settled on pretty damn similar rosters like you two have the exact same teams and the only difference i have is swapping Kyrie out for james harden in so we've got pretty close in the close east, starting fives yeah. for the east i'm talking about here for now yep yeah. yep so um you know we've got we've, we've all got joel Embiid. we've all got Giannis. we've all got kevin durant we have all got Bradley Beal, and then uh, yeah, you guys have got Kyrie Irving, and I've got James Harden to uh, to fill out that starting five. And and I think mm. I think we're we're all pretty on the money there, obviously. Yeah. yeah, I think Harden for me will have some marks against him for what how, <clears throat> how the season started, and for me that's definitely a mark against him. Like I would prefer he's not there because of you know the way that he started, and he's actually not outperforming Kyrie in my eyes. Like the stats aren't 
quite there for him compared to Kyrie, who's just been probably surpassing expectations for a guy that's playing alongside KD. That's mm. that was that was why I gave him the edge. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, it it was interesting that that Brendan did go Harden. I think having I know that he does handle the ball a lot, and given that we would normally class him as a shooting guard, I think him being there with Beal in uh, in the in the front court. Oh, sorry, that the back court uh, was was going to be a little bit of an issue, but yeah, yeah. I, I I see it. The being... positions don't matter really for yeah. All Star. Yeah, in All Star it doesn't, but like even still, like I think it's it would be just a bit of a shame to not allow Kyrie that that starting spot. I think he has played better overall this season for I mean a team that has arguably been up and down, but I mean other than that, Beal obviously deserves mm. to be there i think he's he's the only sort of shining light for that wizards team at the moment so you've got to give him something to ensure that he doesn't leave but yeah <laughs> um and then the west this yeah. is a little bit more uh, harder to pick i think obviously lebron seems to be there for pretty much all of us as is mm-hmm. uh mr luka Doncic. but i see you Jono, have picked what i assume is damian lillard Yes, so I we've all got Steph Curry, we've all got LeBron, we've all got Jokic, and we've all got Luca. So the the one guy I have that you guys don't have is Lillard, and that's because I put Luca down as a forward. So I, I, I thought that was your sneaky loophole. <laughs> yeah, so I could squeeze Lillard in there because I just think uh, compared to like you you've uh, put Anthony Davis in there, uh, Matt and Brendan's put in Kawhi Leonard, who both had great seasons, but I think. Lillard has probably stood out a bit more than them. I think he's made more of an impact for his team. Mm. Um, you know, Leonard's numbers are very similar to Paul George's. I think Leonard's obviously the better player, but um, for me, I think Lillard deserves that that spot there. Yeah, I sort of went traditional positions for mine. I think yeah, keep it pretty stock standard. I think Anthony Davis. It pretty much deserves to be there, as does LeBron. So that, like, that was going to be the one of the few no-brainers there. But I, I was sort of erring on the side of caution as to whether, as to whether, uh, you know, Curry and and Doncic were going to sort of swap between that point guard shooting guard position. But at, in the end, I just sort of kept it as is. I think. Um, what do we think about guys? What do we think about the players sort of further down the list? Is, is there someone that you think? may perhaps make that jump up into possible starting contention or is there someone that you mm. want to see make that jump into at least the reserves because I've got a couple um what what do you got Toby can uh, I guess have a guess <laughs> um Chris Paul and Devin Booker uh, I was taking one from the west and one from the east but uh I mean Devin Booker yeah kind of he's been you know, up and down. But I was actually going to say uh, for the East, I was actually going to say Demarta Sabonis. Mm, yeah. um, I think he Reserving. has been absolutely balling out for well, a He was there last team. year and uh, yeah. he's, he's gotten even better um, exactly, this yeah. year. So, Yeah, I think he's he's been really deserving of, a, you know, this team that has, for the Pacers team, I should say, that has been up and down. Um, but yeah, I think he's really deserving of that opportunity. Um, but, you know, as in the way that the all-star game teams are, are chosen, it could be anyone on that list of 10 players there. So who really knows? But mm. yeah, and then I mean, the West is Devin Booker. That's just my my bias showing really. But 
That's fair. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it's. Uh, I think it's deserved and earned for for a guy like him. Like he's got that reputation now. He's had some big moments. I think it's harder to make a case against him than it has been in, in past years. Even though you know the the West is completely loaded with so much talent that um, it's it's conceivable that he misses out, especially if coaches go with the respect and, and give it to Chris Paul instead, and then they can't justify having two sons out there, possibly. <clears throat> well, yeah, true. I mean, even then, like, doesn't... It's there's a bit of fan voting involved in it, and it's it's yeah. not fifty percent of the entirely. of the voters fan vote. Yeah, it's and something that's crazy is with the the numbers outside of the the western front court, every like the east and west um, back courts, and then the eastern front court, it's very top heavy. Like the top three vote getters are all miles ahead of everybody else. It goes one, two, three, and then a chasm between like four through to through to ten, like. It's crazy how it's sort of really starters? tight at the top. Was that talking about? You're talking about for the starters? Uh yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. but like, oh, sorry, I, I was talking about reserves. Like for for Booker, like he won't be a starter. I can see him getting oh no way, voted in no way in hell is he a starter. Yeah, but yeah. like you look at the vote count, like your Dame Lillard in third at the moment for guards. Mm. He's at just under a million, and then it goes to fourth place at a quarter of a million. So like yeah. just the vote. <laughs> And the hype, but like that's that's one thing I'm I'm loving. Like I was just gushing about Jar trying to buy some dumb digital card a minute ago, but like the <laughs> fact he's fourth in Western Conference voting for guards, like above your Devin Booker's, your Chris Pauls, your Donovan Mitchells. Like I know he's, you know, the the internet hotness and all that kind of stuff, and a lot of the social media and highlight clip crew would be voting, but it's cool to see him get a little bit of love. Like Zion's sixth in the the front court standings, but. As far as some guys that could get a bit of love out of this list, like I like your Sabonis shout out. Um, I think maybe Julius Randle might end up being a a, a substitute player mm. for this with the way he's playing. Like he yeah. is balling out of his mind. Um, and then you could say your boy uh, over in, in Cheetown there and Zach Levine probably getting a spot on the reserves as well. Yeah, I actually had two guards for the east written down as people i think will slide in there um trey young being one who you could make an, a case for him in there over Kyrie and harden i think it's like the wins probably aren't there for the hawks but just like if you look at his numbers and nothing else i think he's had like the all-star season on paper but that's not always how these things work but i think trey will be there he was an all-star last year once you've you've made it, you tend to get favoured a bit more, unless you're having a stinker of a year like uh, like Siakam. <laughs> yeah, he, um, he is he is not in an earshot of voting at the yeah, moment. Like exactly. this will be the first time in donkeys that the Raptors haven't had someone yeah. in the in the All Star game. So yeah, uh, for sure, deserving of not having someone. Yeah, there. like I'll alone <laughs> that tank but nation yeah, baby. Uh, Levine, like I I, I think. The Bulls are one of my like Twitter topics of interest. So I get when I click on my Discover tab, there's always a bunch of stuff about the Bulls. And every day I look in there, there's some Bulls account or fan account that's like shipping Levine as an all star or like photoshopping him with Jordan. And like they're, they're just making it out like he's the second coming because it's like the, the best <laughs> player that they've had in like since Jimmy Butler left. And like they're just so desperate for him to be recognized. Uh, so I kind of just want them to have it so they'll shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just point out uh, as we start to uh, move on to one of your new segments, uh, mm-hmm. Jono, 
Clay Thompson, who has not played a minute of NBA basketball this season, has 99,000 votes. Yeah. Yeah, that's in the Western win. Conference guards. That was like Yao Ming was always a big vote yeah. getter for many moons until they sort of scrubbed him from the, from the options. So, yeah, even Carmelo Anthony at number 10 for the Western Conference front court. He's just getting a bit of legacy fandom there, but yeah. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Well, I feel like that's going to be something that they would probably end up doing throughout um i guess future all-star games is just like do that legacy vote like a a carmelo or i mean would gordon hayward even count as a legacy vote no like he's deserving of potentially well yeah true he is balling out of his mind like i'll uh i'll give him some props that uh that contract that we talked about being a nightmare when he signed and how bad Mm. it was going to be before this season kicked off it's looking kind of pretty good right now looking less less and less like a uh a bad decision so we we have seen adam silver name some injury replacements in recent years that have been those legacy positions i think dirk was one of them and vince was vince was it yeah Yeah, i wasn't sure if it was Dwayne wade in one of his final years as well but either way yeah that's something i don't know if there's any guys in the league who are like on the cusp of retiring like any greats that we know of like it wouldn't shock me if carmelo ended things after this year but yeah he'd be the closest that's all i can think of but you don't see anything from him that's like oh it's definitely his last year like he's washed like it's it's not that point for him so yeah it's it's hard to like it's a younger league at the moment in that sense like Mm. you haven't really got any of those those dudes that are on their last legs that is tyson chandler still playing He's the only other one that I can think that's had a decent is in, career. Is he in Phoenix or is he in... No, he left Phoenix quite a while ago. I'm going to check this up because last I heard there was rumours he oh, was actually... he was in Houston. Well, he, there was rumours he was actually going to go back to the Knicks. So right. so he was on that small ball Houston team because I remember yes. thinking like, why, do, why don't they use him? And, and they just were rolling out their six uh, foot seven centers. He's unattached. So he last played for Houston, yes. Mm. So... Who knows? Maybe he'll uh, get the get the band back together. The 2011 Knicks, Chandler, Anthony, maybe Rose. Let's see what God. Jeremy Jeremy Lin's doing with his new <laughs> new sneaker. So but, bring uh, back old. Uh, what was uh, Iman Shumpert? Bring back the Shump. Yeah. <laughs> I think Shumpert, he's, yeah. is he in China at the moment. He's, I think he's somewhere Pro- abroad. Probably. No, he's uh, he's at Brooklyn. Really? Yeah, he's on. He's oh, on that's right. They just signed him off the street, contract, didn't they, to yeah. get a bit of defensive presence? Yeah. Yeah. So Landry what? Fields, remember him? Oh my oh, god! Yeah. And then we wasted money on him <laughs> yeah. in free agency. So what much money, done. yeah. Jeez, four it was, years, think, like thirty-six million or something. Yeah, yeah, it was something like that, which was a lot of money at that time. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Brian Angelo killing us. Yes, but uh, we will uh, see how the fan voting goes, as I believe the next results come through sometime later this week. But uh, Jono's got another game for us. I do. I'm priding myself on coming up with uh, with these new segments. Trade me. Trade me again. Wave me. Pick up the phone and call a GM. I'm not the all right. Introducing Trade Me, the segment where we take No, I'm sorry. We cannot we cannot just let that slip. Well, I know we? why Kirk Cobain shot himself. <laughs> yeah. 
I was wondering because he saw the future. For the last like week and a half, John has been like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sing on this week's episode." I was like, "Well, oh, that's that's unlike John." I was, I was wondering how that's gonna happen. So, and I'm yes, a musical man, incredible. I five stars. You got but, a similar tone to old Curdy. I was that. I was pretty impressed. It. You know, I was trying my best. But it was good. It was good fun. Uh, yeah. So trade me. We're talking about guys who maybe are really desperate to be traded maybe it's you want them to be traded for whatever reason we're going to be finding some deals to get these guys out of there to free some players that need a new uh environment and for me i'm going to go first with my trade and i i've been eyeing off a guy for a, a, a few weeks now wondering how they're going to move him ever since the Cavs made their big trade to, to bring in Jared Allen. Oh, is this a Drummond trade, this is, Mr. This is, JP? Uh, it's actually a Kevin Love trade. Oh, really? Ooh, okay. Yeah. So, Kevin Love, I think I think last year he expressed that he was kind of interested in leaving that team uh, and it didn't happen at the deadline. He's still there. And it's a young team. They've got a lot going for them in the Cavs, but Kevin Love doesn't have a whole lot of time left with his, like, you know, in his prime, I guess. He might have already left his prime. But uh, either way, I think he needs to change the scenery. And I want to see him over with the Chicago Bulls. And this isn't a Homer thing. I don't think Kevin Love is going to turn the Bulls around and make them, like, a finals team. So it's not for that reason. I just think the Bulls are a team with so many great young players that they're just kind of lacking some experience. Okay. Uh, I, I think Levine is the third most senior player there behind uh, Garrett Temple and Thad Young. So you bring in a guy like Love, I think, you know, with some of their their bigs especially, he can be maybe like a, a bit of a mentor. He can show them, you know, how to win with his experience over with the championship Cavs. So the He'd deal that really I've got... really good with Markkanen in that same sort of like a big three and D mm-hmm. sort of player. Interestingly enough, Markkinen's part of the trade, so he, oh. he wouldn't he wouldn't be there. There's yeah, only okay. one tall white rebounder yeah. in the team at any given time. It's like Highlander rules. Yeah, you can't have two defensive liabilities out there at once. Um, but so Otto Porter is kind of the contract heavy player in this deal. So it's going to be Otto Porter and Markkinen for Kevin Love and JaVale McGee because I think the Cavs okay. have kind of this like like. What's the word like? Too like the it's a blockage of big men. With, They've got uh, an excess of bigs. Yeah, with with obviously Drummond, with, surplus with, with Jarrett, with uh, even even old um, Nancy. Yeah, Larry Nance is is playing really well with Kevin Love injured. So when even when Love comes back, it's almost going to be that awkward thing of like, oh, we don't know if if we want you starting because these guys are playing so well. So you solve that problem by moving him. You send McGee with him. Then the Bulls have both of those guys bringing their experience to Chicago and uh, a, a bit more of, of a, um, a mix of, of um, you know, age and experience with Carter Jr. there, with Kevin Love, Pat Williams, Zach Levine, Kobe White. And then you have a bench that includes Thad Young, JaVale McGee, Garrett Temple, Sadoransky. It's a bit more of a mix mm. and it's, um, you know, Markkinen's an asset that you're giving up, but I, I don't know that he's lived up to his potential in Chicago. He's probably been a bit disappointing and he might need a new change of environment as well to reach his best. And he's got those 
an opportunity to do that, I think, with um, an actual like defensive presence in Drummond, you know, taking some of that that uh, responsibility away from him. And, and I don't know, I just think that that would be a, a fun trade. What do you guys reckon? I like that for your for your Bulls. I think yeah. it, it sort of infuses, as you said, a good uh, good vet sort of potential calming presence there, sort of balances the roster a little bit more. Kevin loves, you know, he's not he's he's older, but he's not on his last legs. Like he's still mm. got a few good years of uh, pretty competent ball ahead of him. And JaVale's, you know, he's just a good big, good energy big off the bench. And, um, you know, I think that'll give you some good depth there in, in the front court. But um, yeah, I think it's pretty fair. I think both mm. teams would uh, be happy with that kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, like I think JaVale being that sort of backup to guys like Daniel Gafford is, is going to be pretty good for them, especially him being the yeah the, the tutor to, to guys like Daniel there and um, Kevin really sort of slipping into to Laurie's place and being that sort of big rangy, you know, three able to, you know, able to shoot the three, but also, you know, playing down low in the post. Um, which I think will will do well in terms of being able to allow the trade to just sort of slip right in. Obviously, at times, certain trades may take some time. You've got to get players to acclimatize. But no, with that sort of player, he knows how to play that sort of style, just slips right in, which I think is is perfect. Yeah, that, the outlet passes from Love to Levine would be pretty pretty cool too. Oh, yes. It makes me sad so. to see how Otto Porter has fallen. I loved him when he was... Uh, like, like he's still a young guy, but you know, he was mm. he was a, a big piece at the Wizards for a while, and uh, he was he was on most of my fantasy leagues over the years. So I sort oh, of yeah. followed him pretty closely, and he was, <laughs> you know, he, he'd he'd stuffed the stat sheet, and I haven't been following how he's been doing with a with the microscope at the Bulls, but yeah, for him just to almost be just a, a throw in to make the money work makes me sad. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we'll get the Woj bomb one day that uh, that loves on his way out of Cleveland, but until then, what, what uh, trades do you guys have? So speaking of love, um, I wanted to give this guy some love and get him the hell out of Washington ASAP. <laughs> and that's uh, that's, the, that's the boy Bradley Beal. Uh, I'm done with seeing him moping on the court and putting up 40, 50 points and still getting trounced. So I thought, what's going to work for him? Like, I don't want to just move him to an equally crappy team for the sake of it. I don't mm. want to sort of just, um, you know, push push things back and forth. So... I've decided to get him over to the Miami Heat because uh, there's some talk about uh, him liking that okay. destination and a few of the guys there, Butler and Co, uh, open to getting him there. So uh, I've got I've got Beal going over as sort of the only piece from Washington to Miami, and the pieces coming back, uh, the the two young pieces uh, in Tyler Hero and uh, Precious, their their other uh, first round pick from this past year. So Hero is a, is a big piece to give up. Like I know he could be the future, but like you're banking on Hero trying to become Bradley Beal in a way where why don't you just take the proven commodity yeah. is, is my thought process. Okay. And then Definitely. for salary balancing, I've chucked in Avery Bradley and uh, Andre Iguodala is uh, getting getting the can over. So uh, the trade is successful. Obviously, Miami would also then include their 2022nd first round pick as well. Uh, but I think... That's a pretty beefy haul and probably pretty in line with what you'd get with Beal out in the market. I think it's fair for what Washington are getting back in some two good young players. Uh, Bradley's, you know, a gritty, 
gritty sort of uh, backcourt player and then Iggy's the the sort of uh, eternal defensive professional. I don't know if he'd be too happy going to, to the Bullets maybe. I mean, not the Bullets, the Wizards. <laughs> to Maybe he'd just throw it in and just refuse to report or something like that. But um, yeah, the trade makes sense and I think it would help uh, tilt Miami back into a good direction and, and make them a threat in the East and get the assets for the Wizards to, to continue on this rebuild instead of just dragging this out for poor Bradley Beal. So the Wizards wouldn't have to throw in another guy for the roster to balance because no. getting getting four dudes back for one is usually Yeah, that sort of tricky. tips the favour, yeah. No, no, no. It all balances. The trade yeah. is successful. Okay. It all balances based off the salary. Um, <laughs> Thank sadly, you, the ESPN trade machine. More wins. <laughs> And yeah, um, yeah the, the Miami Heat get a plus nine in the win share. So. Right. They must not have um, a lot of. They must not have a full roster signed in Washington. Yeah, in I don't case. think so. Mm. It, it could have been reflective of, of people being exempt from because of COVID at the time or whatever, but it worked yeah. in, the, in the machine. So, like, they might Talk- need to add a, a throw in back end burner to make it work, yeah. but I think that's, I like that's a good deal. It's good. I think it works for both teams from. Yeah, from what I can tell, it, it sounds like Beal has said that he's not even necessarily wanting to be traded. So that's what I'd heard as well. Yeah, like the, do you think we'll get that Woj bomb that he's oh yeah being traded this season? I, I think I think Beal's just being the professional now because the last thing you want is to potentially tank his value by him kicking up a stink and saying "get me out of here." But mm. you know, if he's saying he doesn't want to go, that's going to mean that that value that the other team has to throw in is going to be a little bit higher. So yeah, it's the, it's the more, clear. The I more think sixty point out. games, the better they can get yeah. out of him. So yeah, exactly. Um, I've I've never really been good with these sorts of trade hypotheticals. So I'm going to run a, a particularly bizarre one by you. Now, over at the Brooklyn Nets, Spencer Dinwiddie obviously out for the season, uh, playing second fiddle yet again to uh, a star point guard. I want to try and get him out of Brooklyn and I went a little bit left field with this one um, and I'm also involving the Cavs to uh, to, to sort of rain on Jono's parade. Um, <laughs> so the, the, the trade that I've sort of tried, scratched and clawed to try and make here is Spencer Dinwiddie and a 2023 second round pick for Chetty Osman and Matthew Delavadova. Now, the reasoning for this, yeah, I can see Jono laughing. The <laughs> re- like, I don't even know who gross. that guy is. <laughs> <laughs> he's been on. He's been on the Cavs team for like even when LeBron was there. He's okay. been there, so he's sure. been there for a while. Obviously, with Dean must Whitty- be really good. <laughs> let me let me finish. Sorry, sorry. You get a versatile small forward. Um, in Osman, who's played small forward, shooting guard. Um, he can come in and be that sort of solid backup to guys like KD coming through, who can obviously sort of move between the power forward and the small forward position. Obviously, at the backup point guard position, you don't really need someone that great because I feel like if someone the quality of Dinwiddie is sitting there being wasted, not being able to achieve his full minutes, it's not really going to help him. So... You bring in a defensive-minded point guard like Delavadova, which helps bring that sort of defensive effort that Brooklyn clearly need because obviously they've got no defense there whatsoever after they've basically given away Jarrett Allen. So 
plus they're also getting the draft pick out of it. So it sort of lines that up, perf- not perfectly. I mean, given it's my trade, it's almost a, a shit heap, but <laughs> it it looks good on paper. The trade says it's successful. Brooklyn isn't is actually sort of removing slightly from their massive minus in cap room mm. and Cleveland are getting a very solid you know start for me starting caliber point guard in Dinwiddie who's only you know a, a million extra on what they'd be paying for both Osman and Delavadova um, and in terms of wins like Brooklyn's not going to affect have their winning percentage affected and Cleveland's only going to be losing one win so it's not going to be disrupting the team too much so this is yeah i can understand it's a pretty bizarre trade to make but i felt like it it affected both teams based on the needs of what they had it's affected because delhi you said might never play again because of severe concussions (laughs) and dinwiddie's out for the season with bloody muscle tears so yeah like like i can see i could see it being of a marginal benefit for both teams but i just wonder like you don't often see injured players traded especially injured players going both ways so that's that's my question mark on it but the trade machine says it's successful successful. exactly (laughs) the the trade machine is allowing me to trade Dover as a big x or like cross out mark next to his name but i mean yeah it delhi has said that he wants to continue playing um whether Mm. or not that's probably safe or not is anyone's guess um and dinwiddie there's been rumors that he may um ask to be sort of mutually i guess waived from the final year of his um nets contract so whether or not that does happen or he just does end up getting uh traded at the end of this season um remains to be seen but who knows like i think sorry yeah would he just not end up on the bench again behind colin sexton though is that well i think i think he'd be giving them good competition whether or not he does start or he does, you know, play very similar minutes. I personally think he's good enough to to play that starting role because obviously Delavadova isn't of a sort of offensive, you know, standard that Spencer Dinwiddie is capable of. You'd see him come off the bench and score, you know, almost 30, 35 points sometimes mm, yeah. purely from a bench role, which is almost unheard of. But I think it gives... Cleveland that little bit of attacking power um, and it also means that Brooklyn gets that little bit of sheer bloody minded you know rugged dogged behavior um, on the defensive end especially marking the perimeter I could see him coming in that second unit with Larry Nance because you're not going to break up the sex land starting boys (laughs) so yeah maybe him and Nance sort of run wild in the second unit and and sort of uh, look pretty good together with some of their other bench pieces so yeah, I could see it, but let's just with the injuries. Like, um, I was trying to work out of where where to move Aaron Gordon potentially, but I, I couldn't really work out where he'd go. And especially now he's out for four to six weeks. I'm like, yeah, I'll just park that because those injury trades are, you know, it's hypothetical already. But when you put something like that over the top of it, I'm like, I'm not gonna gonna mess around with that. But um, mm. I could I could see Dinwiddie. I think either way, Dinwiddie's going to be somewhere else next year. But mm. I don't know where. Yeah. I had a trade for Kyrie to get him out of Brooklyn instead, but uh, we're probably we're probably running long here. So we are, yeah, a little. <laughs> but uh, I mean, if you have any thoughts on these 
bizarre trades that I've managed to pull off somehow. You can always do so with the hashtag hoop dreams. But mm. we do move on to... I, well, before we move on, I just wanted to say, I didn't know if you saw this, but uh, you know the viral thing, that the cool thing at the moment is the, the sea shanties, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so some of these guys, Kevin Love, Bradley Beal, even actually Spencer Dinwiddie, they like got together and like made one of these like sea shanty memes that went viral. Did you see that? Brendan, have you I got haven't seen that one. I'll have to suss it out. I think you've got the. I think you got a clip for it there. I sent you. Soon may the wolf farm come to say my time right here is done. I wish I could say it has been fun. I'll take my ball and go. <laughs> That's it. That was it. So good. Jesus wept. Anyway, we need to move <laughs> on to the final segment of the night, and uh, it's of course everyone's favourite Brendan White run segment and be careful where you point that thing you blow your own face off i think i'm gonna watch our planet terror again this weekend because it is just so great bang, but bang, yeah we that, are we are back is that for the another full, is that the jingle every week yeah. yeah that's the first time i've been able to hear it i have to say i've turned the bites up a little louder it's good for your, it's nice. I because like it. i'm uh because i'm a, I'm a giving and caring sound bite deliverer <laughs> so uh yeah here we are with a bit more of Scared me. The segment that stops a nation, uh, shoot from the hip, obviously, where I throw a handful of questions at my lovely co-hosts here, but they have uh, zero time for preparation or clear thought because they have no idea what I'm going to be throwing at them, hence the term and the title of this uh, segment, shoot from the hip. So, boys, uh, we're going to start this week with JP kicking yep. things off, and I'm going to throw this first question at you, Australia's John Peck. Who is your pick for most improved player in the 2020-2021 season? Uh, Jeremy Grant, who you mentioned earlier. Jeremy Grant. What's Jeremy he averaging? Grant. 25, 24 points a game? He is averaging 20, 24 and a half, I think. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's mighty knew? impressive. Who knew? I did because I, I drafted him and then uh, sold <laughs> high for Jimmy Butler. So uh, thanks. Thanks, Paul Iquan. I love you. What about you, uh, Matt Tilby? Who is your current contender or who do you think is going to win most improved for this season? I was actually going to say Jeremy Grant, but for, mm-hmm. the, for the interest of, uh, of keeping it original, I'm going to say uh, Mikael Bridges. You're going to go Bridges. That's, that's fair. He's been, uh, he's been showing up there in Charlotte. No, uh, no. This is the oh, Mikael Bridges sorry. from oh, Phoenix. You're talking, you're talking your son's boy. Yeah, not Miles Bridges. Sorry, Miles Bridges has had himself some some highlights. Yeah, sure. he is he is getting some dunks. Okay, so you're going going a bit of homerism there. I can uh, <laughs> a little, can, but he certainly picked it up for sure this season. I can respect that. And uh, a guy I'm uh, putting my vote behind is someone I mentioned earlier. As far as uh, some big misses with Detroit is uh, Christian Wood, the big man averaging twenty three yes. and eleven there at the Rockets. So uh, I think we've got three. Solid uh, potential winners there. Um, the second question I had is going to get scratched from the record because it was actually to do with wings and nuggets and that was already uh, taken care of in the opener. So I'm going to go to an equally important question here because I would not at all be surprised if Tilby goes against the grain with this one. And I'm going to say Pepsi or Coke? It's, it's Coke. Ooh. Can I say both? No. No. <laughs> To be honest, I probably drink more Pepsi Max than I do 
Coke Zero or Diet Coke. So I'll I'll just go Pepsi. Oh, luckily, like you, luckily you said Pepsi Max because I'd take that over the Coke Zeros. Like the sugar freeze, mm. it is the king for for me. But yeah, if we're just going sort of brand versus brand, you know, Coca Cola Amatel versus PepsiCo, Coca Cola yeah. <laughs> is uh is wearing the crown in this one. And the last, no, the second last question Ooh. here for. Who will end up as the leader in steals per game for the 2020-2021 season? Who you got? What's your thoughts? And then I'll give you the current top five. Oh, we're being quizzed. Yeah, I know he's not number one. Like, there's no right answer. This isn't right now. Who do you think is going to finish at the top? I'm going to say Kawhi Leonard. You're going to say Kawhi? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay, you're going to go Kawhi. What about you, uh, Mr. Tilby? just going to throw it out there this is going to be one of the real shooting from the hip moments i'm going to say uh nikola jokic the joker goodness is, gracious um, is nance still number one no oj ananubi oh gee he's on 2.1 steals per game larry nance 1.9 drew holiday 1.9 steals per game marcus smart 1.8 steals per game sucked in you're injured and uh fred van vliet in uh, fifth place or equal fourth, you could say, or equal third, if we're looking at those numbers on 1.8 steals per game as well. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go Freddie. I'm going to go Freddie Van Vliet. I'm going to say he's going to rise up from the fifth spot there and uh, jump over. Oh, gee. Where's, where is Kawhi? I think he's sixth or seventh. Right. I've only got the top five, but I know he's in the top 10. I'm okay, pretty sure so. he's sixth or seventh. I know he was top five yeah. until a week or so ago. And the last one for. I just do it because it makes Matt's heart break slash boil over with so much frustration and anger every time that bite plays. It's it's just it's so sudden. It's just it's very loud. <laughs> oh, it's very aggressive. It's very aggressive. Uh, uh, this is becoming a very musical podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. The last one. Which team will finish as the leader in points per game for the 2020-2021 season? So which team is going to finish with the highest points per game this season? Jonah Peck, where are you going? I wish wish I'd been looking at the the pace before right now. The current Um, or the leading team is averaging 121.5 and fifth place is 114.9. So I'm not asking for for the number. What team? I'm going with the one that's 121. Which okay, is. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that because I'm feeling nice. That's uh, that's Brooklyn Nets. Hungry Game Show rules. Actually, I was gonna say the Nets. That was the team that I was in my head, so oh, yeah. it works out either way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, uh, it'll be the second place team. I'll give you this is the Milwaukee Bucks on one twenty one point two, so point three of a point behind the Nets as it currently stands. Okay, well, I mean, I was gonna say, um, I'll go the Sixers. You're gonna go the Sixers. I don't even know where they are on this list, but they're oh, not in the good. top five. <laughs> Thank so you for okay. that. that's okay. Oh, well, the Sixers, uh-oh. That's sort of... Mm. It's about pace, like how quick the teams play more than how good their, their scorers are. Mm. Yeah, and I... um, I don't... Like I was... If, if McCollum was back, I was going to say the Blazers, but I'm going to go with the Bucks. I'm going to take the Bucks to be the highest scoring team based off points per game come the end of the season. So we'll revisit these 
at the season end. But mm. for now, that is the last question in. Thank you and good night. Excellent stuff. Well, on this uh, very musical episode of Hoop Dreams, we will always end as usual. If you have any questions, queries, comments, concerns, or complaints, you can do so with the hashtag Hoop Dreams. You can also follow everything that 8Bits across with the Twitter account at WeAre8Bit. You can follow me on all socials at It's Tilby. And uh, Brendan, where can I follow you? Follow me at Brendan8Bit on all them socials, please and thank you. And Jono. You can get me everywhere at Jono himself. And uh, a big thank you to everyone who's been uh, jumping on board our uh, Kofi, coffee. Kofi uh, is the Kofi? way you pronounce it, yeah. Excellent. Okay, I was never too sure. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, KO fa- hyphen fi.com yeah. forward slash we are 8-bit. If you want to throw some dollars into the 8-bit wishing well, that would mean an awful lot. Thank you. And it means you can also hear our lovely rantings about nuggets and wings. Mm. Uh, spoiler mm. alert, I am very passionate about my nuggets and I will fight anyone on this topic. Oh, and he will lose. <laughs> very clearly. <laughs> but uh, until then, from myself, Matt Tilby, Brendan White and John Peck, it is goodbye for now. Take care. Deep dreaming. Hashtag Team Nuggets. Wing wings. <laughs> <laughs>